This is On the Nose with Joey Erringman. Son, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of On the Nose. I'm Joey Erringman, and where did he come from? Where did he go? It's Jim Palumbo. Here I am. That's where I went. (laughs) So I'll start by saying this will be the last episode for season two. And the plan is to start up with season three early next year, probably January, February time frame. I'm going to spend some time reviewing some past episodes and working on a couple projects that I plan to release, hopefully sometime in the future. Um, But Jim, can you believe this is our 30th episode already? Really? Yeah. Have we done 15 each season? Yep, 15 each season. This is, yeah, this is the 15th episode of season two. We've done 30 episodes that's impressive. I, I'm not going to repeat my joke from last time, but that's impressive. Yeah, I didn't. I did not think I would stick with it this long, but you know what? I'm going to keep doing yeah. it as long as it's fun. Now I'm going to. God, January, February—that's a long time. Yeah, oh, I almost took a drink of whiskey. We haven't even talked about it yet. Yeah, we haven't even talked about it yet. So, uh, with this being the final episode of the season, we wanted to um, kind of versify it a little bit. Uh, so, for this episode, we decided to highlight master distillers. Um, now there are a bunch of master distillers out there, so we narrowed it down to three, one from Scotland, one from Ireland, and one from the United States. But before we get into that, we are going to jump into the whiskey of the week, which we don't always do because we drink a lot of whiskey, but with this being the final episode, we're not afraid of drinking a lot of whiskey. Right, Jim? Right, Joey. Why not? Why not add more whiskey? (laughs) Three wasn't enough. We had to have four. Uh, actually, I think we're going to have five today. Ooh, yeah. I didn't know that. So, Whiskey of the Week is an interesting whiskey that I happened to find randomly at Kroger. So I'm like, so I just had to pick this up. And Jim, you're never going to guess the price point on this one. But real quick, it's the Nirvana Indian Single Malt Whiskey. So this is from India. It's from the Paul John Distillery in India. And the Paul John Distillery has actually been open since 1996 and first started branching out into other countries in 2012. And they now service, like, I think over 50 countries or something like that. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm so excited for this. I love tasting, like, new varieties. Yeah. So when you said Indian, I already, I already think the Indian culture is really cool. So to try a whiskey from there is, I'm excited. Yeah, so this distillery actually produces the, um, like, most fame or the most popular whiskey in India. So you know how like in America we have like Maker's Mark? Mm-hmm. They are the producer of the most popular whiskey in India. Okay. But this is their Nirvana collection. Okay. So the Nirvana, this isn't the most popular whiskey in India, but it's the same no. distillery. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And the Paul John distillery, that's not like an offshoot or a satellite of somewhere of like a different distillery from somewhere else. Because Paul John is not a very Indian name. No, the guy's name is Paul John. Hmm. Yeah. And is he an Indian? Yeah. Per- interesting yeah, there's a picture of him online oh I'm, i can't see your computer but yeah. uh, i was just wondering what like the story was for that story because that's interesting but if you don't know or if we don't um, do dead air time that's fine I, I did a quick read up on him blah 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 not just an indian uh, yeah no i didn't read that close oh, okay <laughs> we'll but it looks it like later. a really nice guy <laughs> oh, we're so professional <laughs> i'm sure he makes great whiskey so that's all i really care about yeah it said he ventured into the industry in 1996 um his personal passion was for single malts. So that's enough for me. Sounds like how I would start a distiller. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, you know what? Let's just dive into this and yeah, then we'll look I'm at the excited. tasting notes because I, 
I've tasted it, but I haven't looked at the specific tasting notes yet. Okay. Do you have them on your side? I do. Okay. I mean, I have the box, so, so I can do that. Right from the, right from the get-go, on the nose. On the nose. On the nose. Fruit. So much fruit. Ah. <sighs> A lot of fruit, and I get a lot of grain, too. Mm-hmm. You remember that spelt whiskey I brought back from Germany? Yes. Reminds, reminds me a lot of that. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, very grainy. But then, like... That malt just comes yeah, it does. so far forward. I'm, I'm starting to, like, on my third or fourth sniff, I'm yeah. getting, like, the sweet, like, some caramel. Also, like, just as a background note, Jim poured this whiskey like probably 15, 20 minutes before we actually started recording. So the whole room smells yeah. like whiskey right now. <laughs> I didn't, whiskey's just like a candle. You can just pour it and leave it, uh, and the whole room just smells nice. Especially one as strong as this one. Yeah. Which this isn't like an overly strong whiskey. I mean, it's 40%. Yeah. It just had, it's just a very powerful it, smelling yes, whiskey. Yes. Yeah, that's what I, was, that's what I meant. All right, let's, let's uh, jump into tasting this one, Jim. So I am going to look at nosing. So for the nose, it says an attractive honeycombed bourbon with luscious fruit cake. You said fruit. With a light whiff of enticing caramel pudding. I've never had caramel pudding before. That's interesting. All right, I'm going to go in for my taste here. Sorry, I drank it twice because it's just so good. That The fruit stays. It's still very mm-hmm. fruity on the palate. With like a hint of like, I want to say, I guess the caramel is probably sticking with it, like that sweetness. And I'm getting like some spice on the end. You know what? This might be the first whiskey that I can actually slightly agree with the term fruit salad on a little bit. Yeah, I I think the fruit is very strong forward and I'm not picking out a specific fruit. Yeah, because there's so much of it. Yes. So, god damn it. Yeah, I guess fruit salad. All right. I could just say different, a bunch of different fruits, but fruit salad is the more pretentious way, so let's go with that. I guess it's right. All right. We got fruit salad. Oh, I was, I was worried that you had forgotten the bell. I never forget the bell. The bell's a staple. Oh, wow. That's really good. I love this so it's, much. It stays on your tongue for a little bit, too, but yeah, it's not it out overpowerful. It's pretty oily, too, mm-hmm. in a good way. Mm-hmm. Mm. I always think I have to preface that because oily in almost any other context mm-hmm. is not a great thing. But I, oh, this is delicious. So, on the palate, a delightful soft honey with a slight salt-edged barley. I get the saltiness. I do. Didn't think I I, I would have never guessed that, but yep, I got it. An excellent mouthfeel with honeycomb sweetness. Doesn't mention anything about fruit. And there's my dog's barking. That's interesting. The fruit, I, I mean... Am I crazy, or do you taste the fruit, too? Like, no, I taste definitely the fruit. Very yeah. much there. Yep, I get the fruit. Hmm. Um, so the finish, immensely long and richly richly flavored with dissolved honey, barley, I get the barley, Yeah. and succulent vanilla. I'll definitely agree with the barley and the honey. The hon- I definitely get honey. I don't. It's hard for me to pick out vanilla and honey sometimes. They're so similar. So it's got an extra note on here. Ooh. And it's under the category balance. Oh, is this like a like an end credits at the end of a Marvel th- movie or something so. like that? Yeah. Like an after credits scene? After credits so, note? Under balance, it says, A joyous barley plays intricately with high-quality oak that offers a dash of true going pleasure. True what pleasure? Going. That's like the place in India. Oh, okay. 
apparently going or Goa. I think it's Goa is pleasurable. Hmm. Where are you going? I'm going. Oh, okay. never mind. All right, let's move on let's, from yep. that one. That's Before we end on that idea. note, it's got a deep color. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, the, no, they call it uh, this rich copper deep whiskey. Copper. Sorry, yeah. I panicked and just read quickly. Yeah. You, you panicked <laughs> to save the audience from my terrible joke. Yes. Which is fair. So. All right, Jim. We ready to move on to our first master distiller? No, I want to just keep drinking this. This is a really good. Oh, oh. You want to guess the price point on here? So I picked it up randomly, if that'll help you get a range. Does it say how old it is anywhere? No, it does not have an age statement. Interesting. Uh... He's, like, really examining this box right now. I'm just, try I'm just looking for all the hints. 40 $45? $32. Really? Yep. That makes me so happy. I want a bottle yeah. right now. $32. It's a Kroger on Chambers? I'm yeah, assuming? that's where I went. Yep. I'm going to go there. Yeah. So that was a really cool find. I see Japanese whiskey there quite a bit, but I've never seen an Indian whiskey there. I've never even heard of an Indian whiskey, so that... I mean, uh, well, there, I mean, there's a, like countries are putting out whiskey all over yeah. the world. Like, there's Taiwanese whiskeys that yeah. I haven't tried yet. I mean, I'm sure they exist. I just... I mean, you yeah. don't see them anywhere. Right. So. All right. Our first master distiller. Jim, who is our first master distiller? Our first master distiller is Chris Morris, the master distiller of the Woodford Reserve Distillery. Yes. Now, Chris is the second master distiller, I believe, of Woodford. Yes, because Woodford is actually a pretty young distillery. In, which, in comparison in, to other relative, like Relatively young. Yeah, yeah. So he, he succeeded, uh, I believe it was Lincoln Henderson. That was, sounds right. Uh, was And he was taught by him and succeeded him when he retired in the early 2000s. Yeah, and he's Chris Morris has been in whiskey since 1976. So mm -hmm. he's been in it for a long time. Um, that's, well, shoot, that's almost 50 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So I think I think his like first job was, uh, I mean, like working years. in... Like a, I do that math right? Probably not. Probably not. He's been <laughs> like a, he's been. It's a long time. It's been a long time. So, but yeah, he. Uh, um, what what was his accomplishment that we were just talking about? Oh, he created the first maple barrel, which yes. is really interesting because I bet that introduces some really amazing sugary notes and everything like that. I wonder, do they use that for the double oaked? Uh, I don't I think don't so. I think they I just. Know. I think the double oak is just the whole thing with it is they take the traditional barrel and they retoast it. Oh, and they well, yeah, add, like yeah, the yeah. extra toast yep, to it. You're right. You're right. I think the oh. maple was like a for like a a special release type oh, thing. That one's so good. dude. I know. We're drinking the the Woodford Double Oak, by the way. Yes, we were drinking the Woodford as our, Double Oak. Our tribute to Chris. One of our favorites. Do you have the Woodford Double Oak tasting notes with you? No. Okay, I'll pull those up real quick. Um, one of his other uh, innovative releases that he's done was he was one of the first people to use wheat as part of the mash bill for uh whiskey did it back in like early 2004 2005 and a lot really? of places other hadn't done that yeah well, he did it in um well what about maker's mark that's a weeded whiskey yeah i don't know if it always was this is uh hold on uh when he made the the four grain bourbons part of the woodford uh, woodford reserves uh master's collection uh he did the standard standard grain bill of corn rye malted barley and an added 
wheat to that. And today, craft distilleries routinely combine both wheat and rye or exper experiment with exotic grains. But at the time, in 2005-2006, uh, Morris's four grain was the first, at least of the modern era. Okay. And the, maybe he was like one of the first to use like a four grain recipe as well. That too. Because you, usually I see the grain recipes as being like corn, rye, and barley. Yeah. So that he might have been stepping out by adding like extra grains in there. But yeah, Maybe. still. Um, so it's funny that you mentioned wheat because. Oh, no. Hang on. What are you doing? What are you doing? I wasn't ready for this. What is that? I picked up a bottle of the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Straight Wheat Whiskey. What? Yeah. So I'm going to give that to you. Ugh. Let's taste the double oak. And then we will open that bottle and taste that one as well, all right? Oh, I'm so excited. I know. God damn you, Joe. Yeah, I uh, saw it. I almost missed it because uh, Kroger had it sitting up in their specialty group. So I was walking out of the liquor store today, and I'm like, ooh, what is that? And I knew we were talking about Woodford, so. Mm -hmm. Like um, you, I mean, because you needed an extra reason to not get this. Yeah, right? I'm like, oh, I have to get this, so... All right, so, Jim, I'm going to jump into this double oak while you're opening that one right now. Go for it. Okay, first of all, it smells delicious, as always. Oh it's God, just freaking delicious. It's just so like, much. it's like chocolatey, or not chocolatey, but like caramely. Yeah, like caramely. Burnt sugar, caramel, yeah. just amazingness. So the rich, the nose gives you rich notes of dark fruit, caramel, sharp honey, chocolate, marzipan, and toasted oak. That, that toasted ness yeah i get that a lot that, yeah that toasted oakness like i'm not usually a fan of whiskeys that are like overly like sugary sweet which is why i think we kind of agree because we tend to lean more towards irish yeah. instead of bourbon because that's a lot of what's in there mm -hmm. but i think because this is offset by like the extra toast oak like it yep it just makes it work so well it's so delicious so the taste is a full-bodied mix of vanilla dark caramel hazelnut apple fruit and spices this is at 90.4 proof. I didn't realize it was that high, but man, it is good. What, the, uh, the double oak? Yeah, the double oak. Yeah, it's a little bit higher. Uh, same with this weeded whiskey, actually. It's for about 45%. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Trying to pull up tasting notes on that one as well. There we go. Okay, not going to look at that yet. Thank you. Man, that's the other thing I love about the Woodford collection is it's always got that super dark gold yes. amber look to it. Yeah. This is, this is uh, no matter what you're drinking from Woodford, it's always going to be a potent whiskey. Okay, so did you drink your double oaked yet? Yes. Okay, so putting that one off to the side, we are drinking a lot of whiskey today, buddy. Yeah, I'm not mad. Are you doing your double oaked right now, or is that, mm -hmm. the, is that the wheat? Mm-mm. That's my double oaked. I want one more sip. Okay, so now we are moving on to the Woodford Reserve Wheat Whiskey. All right, so Jim... What are you getting on the nose? It's a cop out, but I'm gonna say wheat right off the top. Like it's it's wow, it's very grainy. So compared to the double oak, it's much milder. Which yes, it's a lot lighter. Which yes, isn't that, surprising. Yes, um, a, so like if you if you drink your Maker's Marks, your mm -hmm. Buffalo Traces, yeah, those are always very smooth because they use the wheat. The wheat right smooths out a whiskey. So I'm expecting this one. To be light on the nose, mm -hmm. smooth going down, and very grainy. Yeah. This mm -hmm. almost reminds me also of the spelt whiskey that we had, just because I don't know if it's because it's like Maybe one a little grain. bit. Maybe a little bit for me, yeah. 
Uh, go for it. I'll read the nose notes on it. So aromatic spiced cinnamon and cedar and cooked fruit of apple, pear, and banana mingle with a delicate floral character sweetened with light vanilla bean and brown sugar notes. And those are the tasting notes? Those are the nosing notes. I did not get a lot of that. I I did not, yeah. I mean, sure. I mean... So as I just... I took my first sip. Okay. It does... I'm going in for mine now. Go yeah. ahead. Surprisingly, it does have a pretty good amount of spice on the palate, which I was not expecting, but it's not not smooth. But it is it's very it's very spicy, it's very grainy. Right on the sides of the tongue there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got that. Um This is surprising. It's this, almost got like like a drying mouthfeel a little, yes. little bit. I think it's just because it's so I think that's just the wheat. Like because it's so weedy, like what? Dude, I gotta read these tasting notes. Oh for god, you. okay, just just do it. Just You're get ready? it over with. Spicy applesauce, <sighs> toasted coconut. I or, hate sorry, it. toasted coconut notes enliven an earthy mint and cocoa nib I hate mix. It. I hate it so much. Wow. <laughs> okay, so I love this malt or this uh, wheat whiskey, but okay, Woodford. Sure, yeah, you, you can fuck off with those notes. Yeah. Oh, but, now I gotta click the button. Nah, jump. shit, it's E. <laughs> oh, well, that wouldn't be a gym episode otherwise. Fair enough. But bullshit notes aside, this whiskey is delicious, mm-hmm. but it's just surprising. I was not expecting this kind of flavor from a weeded whiskey. Yeah, a pure wheat whiskey. I think it's pure wheat. Doesn't it say like a... It says straight wheat whiskey, so it has to be just straight wheat, right? Well, no, because remember, straight, straight whiskey is at least two two years oh that's right yep. Barrel. yep yep yep, yep, yep. okay there's like straight bourbons so this is probably like a majority like a 51 percent or more wheat oh. mash bill it's got its grain thing on here and it says it's malt and wheat so there's no corn okay. in it apparently interesting yeah so oh this is solid i like it a lot oh excuse me yeah what a nice surprise so real quick because we're supposed to be talking about chris morris yes He's had quite a lot of quite a lot of other innovations. Okay. Uh, while working at Woodford, one of them was also a oh, he did a wine finished bourbon which used Sonoma Coutrere Chardonnay barrels. Okay. Um, paired with the Buffalo Trace product. Really. And uh, these two spirits mark the first time bourbon utilized non distilled or fortified wine barrels. And we know about fortified wine. We do know about a, fortified wine. We don't have to remind everyone because we know so we don't have to talk about it yep. we definitely know already we remember <laughs> uh, but he did a lot of other things so like in 2009 it said he did the the seasoned oak finish which is a bourbon finish in barrels made from uh made from oak which had seasoned for a staggering five years hmm. and which they're usually only aged for like or seasoned for like one okay so yeah he did that and then there, it also talks about the maplewood finish that you talked about earlier yeah. so he's uh, um this blog that we're reading about him calls him the the mad scientist of bourbon interesting so this guy's okay. done a, he's he's very creative he's he's one of those guys that's like at the forefront of trying to do something different with bourbon yeah. all the time so you remember that hawaiian rum that i have yes so they use woodford reserve barrels to age their rum yeah okay yeah, yeah. i think you, and it, it shows because it tastes delicious yeah that's a delicious one so all right, moving right along. So these next, so our Irish master distiller and our Scottish master distiller, Jim 
picked out the Irish distiller, so I don't know who it is or what whiskey we're drinking. I picked out the scotch, and he does he, he's blind on the same side of it. Yes. So we're starting with our Irish whiskey, or our Irish master distiller. Take it away, Jim. Yes, and I decided to go a little progressive with this one, and I also thought you would like this because this is the master distiller of one of your favorite Irish distilleries, Bushmills. Really? Okay, yes. cool. And I say progressive because, hold on, because I have to find different tabs on my phone, which sucks. So, I actually made a little bit of, mis- of a mistake when I did this. Of because I no surprise there. Nah, I know, but what did you expect? I know. So, I decided to focus on a specific distillery, and I found, like, the head kind of person as far as, like, making the whiskey. And I, the person I found, uh, her name is Helen Mulholland. Okay. Uh, she's not a master distiller. She's actually the master blender for Bushmills. Okay. Um, but she is one of the most notable people I could find. And when I saw that she was attached to Bushmills, I was like, I got to do it. Yep. So she is the first female to be inducted into the whiskey magazine hall of fame, uh, due to all her work, uh, with Bushmills. She's Uh been working for Bushmills for 25 years now, Wow. not as a master blender, but she started in like a small, like little experimental lab that's what's kind of fun is up. a lot of these master distillers have been in whiskey for like 30 plus years yes so they've been in whiskey a long long time which yeah. i guess makes sense you can't just like drop yourself into whiskey and expect to be amazing at yeah it. exactly so um so yeah she's been i think she said she even like grew up like within a few miles of the bush mills oh, really? so she's just been attached to it almost her whole life and working there for a over uh, over 25 years now i think 27 28 because she got that award back in like 2018 yeah um and she's done quite a few cool things with bushmills on on top of just kind of like maintaining their quality she uh, uh, do you know about the steamship collection they do i do and i actually have one of the bottles from the steamship collection so that is one of her kind of signature things yeah that's kind of like her baby and then also the the new bushmills distillery exclusive which is a, a limited edition single malt which is aged in sound it out asasia wood achaisia wood okay a-c-a-c-i-a mm-hmm. all right i had that pulled up a second ago and it was uh i think it is the first whiskey to be to use that kind of wood now obviously unfortunately i don't have it with me right here so i'm not sure what it does in terms of flavor yeah good luck trying to find that thing i think you can just buy it on the Bushmills website really i mean i, I don't know about like the shipping and getting it here yep, that's fine okay but they have like they have an option to buy it yeah. i didn't buy it because i saw it today and i was like well it's not gonna right, get right. Here. okay but i want it uh let me see if i can pull up some notes on that real quick um yeah not sure, uh it's a 47 percent whiskey uh first matured in you know charred bourbon barrels and toasted cherry casks then carefully aged in ostracrio wood for more than a year you are totally pronouncing that correctly. i know i'm nailing it yeah um and it goes on to talk about how that kind of wood has been on earth for more than 20 million years thanks to its famous indestructible quality okay yeah never heard tree bragging before but okay right i mean you got to do what you got to do yeah uh and then it just kind of adds some like like some Subtle spices, warming hints of nutmeg, and the liquid features honey and floral notes complemented by sweet vanilla and dried fruit, finished with a hint of cinnamon and a whisper of wood. Okay. So that's kind of the... So that's her signature whiskey that she just released, yes, right? Yes, and okay. it's, it says distillery exclusive, so I'm assuming gotcha. you can't really find it in stores. Okay. Cool. 
So what are we drinking then from Bushmills? Unfortunately, not the distillery exclusive. I had to dumb it down a little bit, and we just went with a good old-fashioned Bushmills Black Bush. Fucking, that's classic, dude. Right. But ah. That's not a bad choice. Right. This is uh, this is one of the ones that we recommended to our uh, buddy Nathan, who was on the last episode, I believe, um, and he's a huge fan of Bushmills Black Bush as well. And if you like the the fruity notes in a whiskey. Bushmills Black Bush is the way to go just because it's aged in those Oloroso sherry casks. Yeah, and uh, I mean, sherry casks aren't really super hard to find when it comes to whiskey, but I feel like there's very few whiskeys I can think of, especially Irish ones, that really highlight the the essence of sherry casks more than the the Black Bush does. Right, I don't know right. what they. I don't know if it's because like the rest of it's just kind of light. And Bushmills is just a light whiskey in general, or if they just age it for longer. But the sherry notes are really prominent in this, mm-hmm. and it's so good. I think my phone just thought you were talking to her when you said sherry. Hi, phone. So, uh, yeah, that's just that's, that's a good one, dude. Like you get, it's so light, it's so fruity, it's yeah, so it's delicious. so easy on the nose. Mm-hmm. You get, like you said, that kind of light fruitiness. Mm-hmm. The Oloroso sherry kind of sits on the back of your tongue a little bit. Doesn't linger for too long, but man, that's a delightful yeah. whiskey. I love drinking Bushmills. Yeah, one of, uh, this might be one of the most pretentious notes I've ever had, but I feel like this tastes like a bowl of like honey drizzled fruit. Like, wow! Yeah. I got, I got you, I got you over there. Respect. It's, um, but yeah, it's just like a little bit of sweetness from the bourbon cast, but then the fruit just comes through, and it's just, yeah. it's just refreshing. And dude, this whiskey, Bushmills in general, is so reasonably priced. That's why it's my daily drinker. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like twenty bucks for a bottle. Yeah, and it's such a good whiskey for the price. Yeah, the Black Bush is a little bit more expensive, but the original and the Red Bush is yeah, yeah it's nothing. Yep. So that is absolutely delightful. You got anything else for us, Jim? Uh, no, not a whole lot. I mean, I feel like I, we're not talking about uh, Helen as much as we did about Chris, but I was, it's hard to find info on her mm-hmm. and. Bushmills is a pretty traditional distillery. They're not doing yeah. a whole lot of super innovative stuff. They do yeah, like they've been around for a long time. Yeah, and I think they credit themselves as like the oldest distillery. It should say right on the bottle there. If not in the world, then at least in Ireland. I think it is the of, oldest distillery, but, but um, they, they say sixteen oh eight. But I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, where they like for a decent chunk of that time they weren't really active. They just had like a permit going back that far because right I think because the, the king story. like licensed them to do it or something like or yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. They're the oldest licensed distillery. Yes, but they weren't in operation the entire yeah, time. but there wasn't an actual distillery for well after that. Right, but they have the paperwork to back it up, and that's what counts. Yep. So but okay, yeah, um, Helen Helen Mulholland. Got to credit her one more time. Huh? Yeah, she's not doing like all the mad scientist stuff that Chris is, but she. Bushmills is still tasting as delicious as ever, so credit where credit's due. Thank you, Helen, Mm -hmm. for making one of my favorite whiskeys out there. All right, right. so... Blow me away, Joey. Now it's my turn. So I picked out our Scottish Master Distiller, and I was trying to decide which Master Distiller to go with. I thought about Jim McEwen, and he's essentially a celebrity in the whiskey world. He spent something like 30-plus years at Bowmore... Reopened failing distilleries, built up tiny distilleries, and now he's retired. But he's still consulting, and um, he's he's sitting pretty basically. You know, mm-hmm. like he'll he'll go in and talk to distilleries and tell them what they're doing, and get paid yeah. a nice chunk of change to um, go in and taste whiskey for them. 
Well, I would love to do that. Right? <laughs> Must be nice. So I wanted to pick someone currently in the industry that had a cool story as well. So I chose Nick Savage. Okay. Because he's got a cool name. Yes. And it's pretty easy on the eyes if I don't say something. <laughs> so he is currently the master distiller at Blodnock Distillery. He took that position July 1st, 2019. Oh, okay. So he's a new distiller. Well, or, hang on. Okay. So have you heard of Blodnock? No. I haven't either. Okay. So that's why it was a huge thing in the whiskey world. Because he came from the McAllen distillery. Okay. Yeah. So he went from big old McAllen to Blodnock, and it was a huge ordeal last July of 2019. Can I assume that Blodnock is not as big as McAllen? Not at all. Okay. Yeah. Very small distillery. Um, so, yeah, he's at the Blodnock distillery right now. I don't have any Blodnock because it isn't sold in Ohio. That's unfortunate. So, I figured we'd go back to his original roots at the McAllen Distillery, and we have the McAllen 12 Double Cask. Ooh. Okay. Now, I think you've had this one already, because I've had it in my collection for a little oh, while. Oh, sure. So, I usually don't let whiskey in your cabinet go without me tasting right, it for right. very long. So, um, while you're opening that up, I will go into my notes on him. Okay, I forgot how <laughs> this bottle was pretty close to being empty, so I like pulled most of it open, and I was like, is this a clear whiskey? <laughs> like, nope, we just had a lot of it. So, Dr. Savage, yes, he is a doctor, and I'm going to be calling him Dr. Savage throughout this whole thing. Uh, if you become a doctor, you deserve to be called doctor. Right. So, Dr. Savage received his undergrad in basic science when, and then went to Australia for his Ph.D., in mechanical structural engineering, hmm. which is not common for a master distiller. It's usually no. like biology or chemistry or food science or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, mechanical engineering, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It has yeah. nothing to do with exactly whiskey. So he's got a PhD in mechanical structural engineering. So he and I are basically on the same level at this point. Okay? It's a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nowhere close to I, being... I squinted very yeah. hard at Joey just now. Um, okay, so, uh, where was I at? So after uh, graduating, Diageo, which is th this massive liquor, uh, actually alcohol distributor, because they handle like Guinness and yeah. some of the big ones out there. I think they're also pretty heavily involved with, are they also involved with Bushmouse? Uh, I can't remember. Okay. Diageo's got their hands in so many different things. Yeah. But after graduating, Diageo put out a position for optimization of a whiskey cask. Okay, that was the title of the position. He's like, huh, I don't know, should I go for it? And his friends convinced him to uh, put in for it with the argument of imagine the perks. Yeah. Okay. Which I'm now, assuming most of which is free whiskey. I would hope so. Now, I've put in for a bunch of positions with uh, that argument that I was nowhere near qualified for. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Um, but Dr. Sa Dr. Savage received his position, and his job was basically to find ways to make the whiskey cask even better. In 2014, he received a call to go to work at the Girvon Distillery, which I had never heard of, but mm -hmm. um, they Gotta called him to somewhere. go work there. Got to start somewhere. After that, McCallum gave him a ring, and he was there until July of 2019, 
where he moved to Blodnock. So, now what I found interesting um, that he was a mechanical engineer with a start on focusing on barrels. Like, how, how do you move into master distiller? Like, yeah, that was my first question. Yeah, now, yeah, there's because you either have like the palette or you have the science of like liquids and all sorts of junk mm-hmm. like that, right? But I began thinking about it more and more. The barrel is where the flavor comes from in, right. in a whiskey. A lot of it, at least. Yeah. Well, I did some more digging, yeah. and more than a few master distillers will say that 90% of the flavor comes from the whiskey. Oh, I'm sorry, comes from the barrel. Yeah, 90% okay. of the whiskey flavor comes from the barrel. Yeah. So it makes sense to have a professional barrel person. Right. Making this whiskey, right? Yeah. We so, have talked about that before. I mean, a lot of the process and the tasting and all the flavor comes from, you know, the maturation process. Yeah. The wood. Yep. So if you get a chance, uh, Whiskey Wash, which is a blog site, excuse me, they did a great interview with Dr. Savage back in 2017 when he was still at McAllen. Mm-hmm. It was a really fun read, um, and it's well worth it. So let's dive into this McAllen 12 double cask. So a couple questions. Okay. Go One. Ahead. When did he actually become a master distiller? Was it when he went to Blachnach or No, he... so he was a master distiller at McAllen. Okay. I think that was his first master distilling because okay. he was he studied under I'm blanking on his name, but yeah. basically the master distiller at Girvin. Okay. Um so yeah, he was a he was a master distiller at McAllen. Okay. And he as he said what led to his decision from leaving McAllen to go to Blachnach? Um I mean, does he just want to be part of a small distillery and kind of build it up, or is he... Probably. So there was another interview that mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to read. Okay. I read the one from 2017 while gotcha. he was at McAllen. But, yeah, there was an interview with him going to Blodnock. And, um, yeah, I yeah. thanks for asking a question that I didn't read up on, Jim. Well, thanks for I, not reading up on it, Jim. I know, I probably should have. <laughs> but, I mean, your, your presentation was still a lot better than mine. But, so. I, I mean, I can respect that. Like, wanting to go, like, wanting to go to a smaller yeah. distillery, but kind yeah. of help build it up. So, okay. Uh, McAllen 12. Slancha. Huh? Slancha. Ooh, oh my God. That, oh, that nose, dude. That was straight caramel. Caramel. I get a lot of honey on there, too. Yeah. Caramel honey. And it, it's like a smooth, it's like a was, smooth honey smell just going right into your nostrils. I was expecting, uh, is this an unpeated whiskey? Yeah. McCall- I think most yeah. ca- McAllen's unpeated. I can't remember. They usually say. But oh, oh that wow. smells so good. I gotta go in for a taste. Mm, mm, mm. That is delicious. Okay, so Okay. Uh you want I have aroma notes if you go right. for it. Okay. I'm gonna keep drinking this. So creamy butterscotch with a hint of toffee, apple, candied orange, vanilla custard, and newly filled oak. Doesn't say anything about caramel or uh honey, so, so we're both wrong. Yeah, it's but I, weird. I, I think the butterscotch. Like I, I guess. Okay. Well, well, I'm not used to butterscotch. I'll give us I'll, that one. Yeah. The creamy butterscotches. Um, but the newly felled oak. Does that mean like this smells like like just chopping down a tree? Yeah. Okay. It smells like a tree. Gotcha. All right. That was just chopped down. Like it's yeah. The tr- It smells like when the tree is it's falling. It's, yeah. It's still green. Yeah. So, Jim, going for a taste. I'll do the tasting notes. Deliciously honeyed. I would agree with that. Wood spices and citrus balanced with raisins and caramel. There's our honey and our caramel. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're just ahead of the curve. We're ahead of it, yep. Yeah. We're just that. Oh, God, we're so good. 
This one also, uh, the box also mentions uh, ginger. I don't really think I get a whole oh, lot really? of ginger. Oh, really? I don't get ginger on it. I mean, I guess if you get spices, that could be the ginger. That's usually yeah, what, fair. when they say spices, I think ginger is usually a pretty prominent one. You know, I agree with this finish. Have you tasted it yet? Yes. Okay. I agree with this finish. Oak lingers warm, sweet, and drying. See, that's the kind of note I can get behind. Yes. It's vague. Yep. And you can always be right if you say something very generic. Exactly. You got the oak, oak sweet, which you're always right when you say oak, and it just kind of lingers, which, sure, most of them do. Mm-hmm. And it's just warm. And, yeah. Because it's, it's delightful. Because it's 40-some percent alcohol. Uh, 43% actually. And I love how it just kind of, it, it, it's, it sits in your mouth for a little bit. It's not overpowering. Um, it's kind of like that, uh, that Paul John, the Paul John, the yeah. Indian whiskey. Well, it sat on your tongue a little bit longer, but still this yeah. one's very pleasant. Yeah. Like it's, it's warm and sweet and it lingers. Mm-hmm. So that, that about wraps it up, Jim. That's our, yeah, uh, I think so. That's our American whiskey, Irish whiskey. And Scotch whiskey. Yeah. And we threw in a little Indian whiskey there, too. A little Indian whiskey, because why not? Yep. So, uh, well, thank you again for joining us at On The Nose. I really appreciate everyone's support and for giving me a reason to talk and drink whiskey. Yeah. Because um, we needed a reason, because yeah. right? friends and family are getting worried. Makes me feel a lot better about myself. Um, so I'll keep doing this as long as it's fun. Uh, I'll continue to post on Instagram, and you'll find all the latest news and projects that i'm working on on there hopefully by the time we're back we'll be able we'll be through this whole pandemic thing until then stay safe keep each other safe wear a mask wash your hands and when you drink whiskey make sure to do it with friends thanks everyone this is on the nose with joey erringman son there's no wrong way to consume alcohol